Hi friend, you are listening to the Finding Something Real podcast, a podcast created especially for someone who's not sure about relationship with Jesus Christ. My name is Janelle Wood, and while I have a background in counseling and ministry with women, the truth is I've been through my own seasons of questioning my faith. So if you've ever struggled with not being sure where you belong, or you felt like you were faking faith, or maybe a friend just shared this episode with you and you are feeling a little wounded or skeptical of all things God-related right now, welcome. This podcast is just for you. Finding Something Real is about a journey towards restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. My passion is Jesus Christ, and for me now, after having crawled through some real ups and downs on my own faith journey, I believe Christ is the hope and the answer to this world more than ever. But don't take my word for it. Listen to my friends as they share their own grace-filled journeys. My prayer is that if you haven't already, you'll find something real too. Welcome back to the Finding Something Real podcast. You are listening to part three of a three-part conversation with Tori Carpenter, my February co-host and our special guest, performing artist and worship leader, C. West. We're wrapping up our discussion about following and falling in love with Jesus Christ. Enjoy, friend. There has to be another option. There has to be another option. And that other option was, was, was the tree. So where we are now in this world, I believe that there are so many options. There are so many ways, but there is only one way to life. There's only one truth to life. And his name is Jesus. And, and here's the thing. Even if you don't, even if you are not saved, um, the word tells us that everyone has a measure of the Holy Spirit. Everybody, everybody has a measure of the Holy Spirit, even if you're not saved. So I do. Yeah, I mean, the Bible even says that the Holy Spirit was poured out into all flesh. Right. So I do believe that God is living in all of us, but that does not necessarily mean that he is functioning in all of us. Well, maybe maybe those people aren't aware that he's functioning in all of us. I don't know. You can't become, but here's the thing. I agree. You can't become aware though. You can't heal a thing if you don't reveal a thing. Without a situation, without situation, there is no revelation. So we have to go through hard times in order to gain a revelation of who God is. God allows us to go through things and experience things so that he can show us different aspects of who he is. And so for someone who doesn't know God, there's always a tug in a person's spirit. Nobody goes through their whole life without at least one opportunity to fall in love with Jesus. God provides at least one opportunity for everybody. Someone's going to meet them. Someone's going to try to bring them to church. Somebody's going to try to love on them, encourage them. And there's something in all of us, whether you know God or not, there's something in all of us, and that something is the Holy Spirit that leads us to life. And we have a decision to make whether or not we're going to choose life or death. The Lord says in this word in Deuteronomy 30, 19, he says, I've set before you life and death, blessings and curses. I've set before you the opportunity to have a relationship with me or to continue to live in sin and live apart from me. And I'm giving you he's given us that free will and it's so beautiful but he wants us to choose life so that he says choose life that you and your seed may prosper so when i choose life for me i'm also choosing life for my for my uh, family i'm also choosing life for my son so when i live a life that is devoted to jesus 
and I'm receiving the love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control that the fruits of the Spirit have to offer, those gifts. I'm not just receiving that for me. I'm receiving it for my little boy. And I know that he's going to grow up in a home with love, with joy, with peace. But if I don't receive Jesus into my heart, chances are my son will experience chaos, abuse, anything this world has to offer, anything this world has to offer. And it's nothing good. And so when I don't live for Jesus and when I don't devote my life to him completely in and of myself, there's no hope because I can't save me. (laughs) I can't heal me. I can't, I can't love me. Only he can love me in a way that I can never love myself. Only he can heal me in a way that only he can heal. I'm, I'm not the healer. He's the healer. That's why we need him. That's why I feel like even if you don't know him, you don't have necessarily everything because you can have everything, but he still gives you the choice whether or not you want everything. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I definitely hear what you're saying. Uh, I, yeah. I think I agree with large parts of it. Some parts I still feel like I'm, I'm a little uncertain on. Cause like I, like, for example, like one of the best people, there were like a few like really close people that showed up right after my dad died, for example. And one of them was a lady and I just, oh my gosh, she showed up and showed up and showed up and made me dinner and uh, wrote me cards every week. And like, even on the anniversary of my dad's death this last October, she like had this care package delivered to her house from my mom and my sisters and I, and like told us that she was thinking about us and she's an atheist. And I feel like there's, there's such tremendous good in her. And like, I look at her and I see God. She doesn't know Jesus, but like that good didn't originate in her, but yet it's like in her. And so that's why I feel like, you know, like, yeah, she doesn't know Jesus, but she's such a remarkable person. And there's like such beauty in her that had, that is from God. Um, so I, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know the answers, but this is a great conversation and it's definitely eye opening for sure. I, I've had experiences like that too. And um, God's word tells us that we're made in his image mm-hmm. and in his likeness. And so the nature of God, it's in, it's in us. And when things like brokenness take place and when things like life happens, there's something in us that opens up mm-hmm. <laughs> and we begin to function in a way that is not of ourself normally. And oftentimes I've noticed that when pain uh, arrives in someone's life, the Holy Spirit kind of kind of begins to function in a way that you wouldn't normally see. And so pain really does open up a door. I definitely don't disagree with you, but how, but then how do you explain like Christians who don't do that. Like she demonstrated more love to me than the closest Christians in my life who have the Holy spirit, so to speak, you know? Yeah. So like, how do you rationalize that? Well, one thing I'll say is you experienced a whole lot of that growing up. (laughs) Uh, A lot of people who claim to be Christians and they claim to love Jesus. uh, They did everything the opposite of that. And one thing that I've learned throughout my journey is in a lot of instances, less really is more. <laughs> and what I mean by that is when we try a little bit too hard 
we kind of suck Jesus out of a lot of stuff. And Jesus best operates and functions in individuals who just are hands off. Like when we remember that we are clay, he is the potter. And so what I mean by that is there's been many times in my own life where I did not function underneath the the love of Jesus and underneath the nature of Jesus because in moments I was trying to be the potter. I was trying to keep my hands on the wheel rather than just letting go and letting God. The beauty about someone who doesn't necessarily know God is they are not very conscious of the fact that they don't really have a grip on their life. But people who do know God often fall into a place of, um, it's like you are, uh, it's like you are, uh, you're numb. It's like, you know, so much to a point where you can't learn anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you've become so aware that God can't function and move through you. So that's why oftentimes you'll meet Christians who can't really love you. They can't really help you because Holy Spirit is in them, but they're in control. And I do. Yeah. Actually, it was just, I was just going to say, I was actually just writing a message the other day and it was, uh, it's called vehicles. And basically we are all vehicles submitted to a skilled driver and that skilled driver is Jesus. Um, he placed us here, but the only way that we know where to go is if we let him sit in the driver's seat. And so it's like, there can, there can be many Christians you'll meet that don't have Jesus at the center of it all. They don't. They don't. But there will be people that don't know him at all that he can use for his glory. That's true. But I, yeah. Because they're not in, a, in his way in a way that it's just different. It's just very different. And oftentimes, too, God will see you. And he's not necessarily concerned about the other person more than he is. Like, he's concerned about us all. But what I'm really saying is... God will see us in distress oftentimes and he'll send us people, even if they don't know him, he'll use them for his glory and he'll, he'll, he'll know what you need and he'll send them to give you what you need in that moment. He'll love you through that person, even if they don't necessarily have a life surrendered to him and he can use that for your healing and for theirs even. Well, and I will say really quick, I know you were going to say something Janelle, so I'll make this quick, but I uh, was just, I think one of the interesting things about her and like the sweetness that she's demonstrated in my life, this atheist friend of mine is um, sometimes I think Christians maybe do things out of obligation because they want to be morally upright and righteous. So they do things out of obligation, but like with my, this friend of mine, she does, she didn't have any of that. Like she just simply did it because she cared about me. She wasn't trying to please anyone or do anything for the for the good of the kingdom you know what I mean like she just did it because she loved me because she cared for me and Mm -hmm. she would do things throughout the year this last year for me I would just so often think gosh like maybe we should live more like atheists because she's not doing it for anyone except Mm -hmm. me like she loves me and she cares about me you know which I think was sweet but like but also the weird conundrum in that is I do believe that that all of her actions originated from God. And I think that like, she was a perfect demonstration of God in my life. And like, she doesn't know Jesus. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I, I think about her often and like, she's just such a remarkable person. In my like concluding statement for like, even just this 
topic, like I feel like what's important as well is that we remember uh, that God is a spirit. Mm-hmm. He's a spirit. He says in his word, um, I believe it's John 4, verse 23 to 24. He says the father, uh, he's, his desire is that we worship him in spirit and in truth. This is for God is spirit and he is seeking for those to such to worship him in this way. And so he is a spirit. He's not a person. He's a person, but he's a spirit. And so what I'm saying is at one point he was fully man and fully God, but right now he's a spirit that dwells in us that he says that we are his temple in Hebrews three, verse six, he says, we are the temple of God and we are his dwelling place. And so with that in mind, for someone who may not know him, he can still operate and function in someone in a moment, but he still, he still has a great desire that we, what David said in the word, David said in Psalm 27, verse four, he said, one thing I ask O Lord is that I may dwell in the house of the Lord for as long as I live. And that's really the heart of God that we be with him forever, not in a moment or just for a moment. He wants us to be with him forever. And so, and I, uh, and I guess it kind of, this conversation kind of also begs the question. Uh, so you were talking about separation earlier and like that Jesus like bridged that gap of separation, but like this friend of mine doesn't know Jesus. And so is she separated? Cause obviously like all the goodness and the beauty and the kindness that she demonstrated to me, like didn't originate. I don't believe it originated in her. I believe it originated from like a good creator. So is she separated? Like she can do such good and all goodness comes from God. Can I, yeah. Can I just jump in here just for a second? Cause, um, this is such a great conversation. Um, first of all, I just think, man, when Jesus came, who did he have the toughest words for? He had the toughest words for the Pharisees, right? The people who were claiming to know him, who were doing it out of a sense of religion and, you know, keeping the law but had forgotten the love, right? And so um, there's something really, in fact, Jesus said, like, woe to you who causes anyone to stumble, right? And so there's something really ugly, especially ugly about people who claim Jesus and then don't live it out loud, right? And who don't give him the, the driver's seat. I think that's why Jesus had such, I mean, if you read, I know, Tori, I, I encouraged you to read Luke and John. And the reason I did is because you know, people who talk about Jesus uh, being all about love and all these things. Yes, he is about love and, and love is such an, like, it is the most important thing, right? But truth and love sometimes comes across pretty, pretty harsh. And Jesus had some harsh words for people. And basically he gave some people some ultimatums, you know, you can give up everything and follow me. Why does Jesus ask for everything? It's because in us, we don't, Yes, we have the fingerprint of God. And when, Tori, you talk about like you're loved and um, created as a special being, that is absolutely true. That's 100% the message of what Jesus and how God created us. But also, see, West, I totally agree with you because we are fallen. We're broken, which means that whether, and I love this illustration that I've heard um, multiple times in sermons and from apologists. Your 800 verses serve you well, C. West, because uh, you've quoted quite a few here and it's been amazing. But <laughs> but we are broken because of the fall. We are sinners. And whether we miss 
this illustration of a train, right? Like let's say we're, we're running towards a train and we miss it by five minutes, right? And somebody else has been sitting there and goes, I missed it by three hours, right? You're not going to have a conversation back and forth about, well, I only missed it by five minutes, right? Because <laughs> both of you missed it. And scripture says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It says there's no one righteous, no, not one. That it was Jesus and his righteousness. It was him, what he did on the cross, that is our righteousness. It's it's all about him. And so um, it is something where I, I have to say some of the most beautiful people in my life are people who don't follow Jesus. And I have been amazed at the grace of God that it, that has been extended to me through them. I have someone in my life who claims to know Jesus who won't even come five minutes out of her way to see me, right? And she's rejected me. Talk about rejection. Rejected me over and over. I watch her on social media talking about Jesus. And it's ugly to me. It is ugly. And honestly, if I wanted to stake my life in the goodness of people, I would be totally repelled by what that looks like. I would have a lot of reason to reject it. But I'm staking my life on a God who sent his only son into the world, who's lived a perfect life, who conquered death and sin, my sin. And I know that whether I miss that train by five minutes or, you know, whatever, I still miss the train. I need somebody. I need the driver, right? And I, I, man, it's, it's a rough thing. You know, following the Lord, it's a journey. But it is what, about what he did. It's never about what I've done or how good I am. And, um, because then it just becomes works. And that is what all the other religions in the world are all about. It's about trying to be good enough, trying to be good enough. But see West, what you said about it's, it is really all about surrender. It's about saying, okay, God, I don't understand all this stuff in your word. I don't understand all this stuff about, I don't understand how all the 66 books all got there. I know there's a lot of apologists who can explain all these different things. Ultimately, so much of it comes down to faith and there's this old hymn, you know, I know the one whom I've believed in and he is faithful. And that is the story of my life. Um, and anyway, I'm sorry to get so passionate about that, but I just think, yes, there's ugliness that happens so often in the name of Jesus. And it is terrifying because of all the things that happen in this world. I think that is the, the hardest thing to think of. Um, you know, I just the other day had a friend who, um, you know, says she loves Jesus, but was saying all these things about Christians and the sad thing is a lot of those things are true oftentimes. Um, but the reason why I love to do this podcast is because I do want to open a conversation with people about what is real. Does Jesus alone offer restoration, fully restoring us from our sinful nature into, you know, these people who are chosen by him? eternity. Does he allow us eternity with him? Not because of things we've done, but because of what he did and the, pi- the price he paid on the cross. Does he offer something authentic? Does he allow us to come in our brokenness and totally screwed up, you know, and say, I love you anyway. You're beautiful and made <laughs> amazing anyway. And does he offer love so different than what this world says? Because the world says it's based on what we do, but really it's grace. So anyway, that's a long way to share uh, that. But I, man, it's not about what we do. Um, It's really about him. And if it was about what we do, do, um, I probably would have left Christianity a long time ago. 
Yeah, good stuff, man. <laughs> no, that was great. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry to start preaching. <laughs> anyway. Um, okay. I, I, oh. West uh, is getting late. I'm going to give you two minutes to share this because I think it's important for the girl who might be listening. Uh, and I know that you are those 800 verses, they do not return void. Uh, you may not be impressed, but you know what? It, it, it shares a light. Um, share the gospel, would you, for somebody who's listening who doesn't know what it is? The gospel is good news. And that good news is Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. He died on the cross for your sins, your past sins, your future sins. And he did it not because he had to. He did it because he knew that that's how he could be close to you. So he sent his only son, his only son, on a cross to die for us because he wanted to be close to you. He wanted to be intimate with you. He wanted to know your every thought. He wanted to know every step you take. He wanted to hold your hand and he wanted to be there when you cry. He wanted to be there when you're smiling. He wanted to be a part of your life. And he wanted to remove any opportunity for anything to come in between that. The gospel is it's Jesus dying so that we can live. And when you feel alone, he understands. And in all your affliction, he's afflicted. And that's why he's returning. But even before he returns, he's with you right now. He hasn't returned. He is. But he's also with you right now. Thank you. All right. Final question. Final question always is the same. The Finding Something Real podcast is all about a journey towards finding restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love in relationship with Jesus Christ. Of those gifts that we can find in relationship with him, restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love, which one stands out to you the most in your life right now and why? Authenticity. Is yeah. that one? That's, that's, that's what I said. Authenticity. <laughs> authenticity. <Kindred> um, <laughs> authenticity. And the reason being is because about 95% of everything that is uh, presented before us is, it's not real. It's not real. And um, we need something real. We need something real or else people will break. They will begin to break and it will be beyond the point of no repair. If they continue to encounter people, encounter ways, and encounter methods that don't lead to life and authenticity and real love. Uh, and so authenticity, I think, is something that people are desperate for. And unfortunately, when you look to the left and the right, you don't see a whole lot of avenues or uh, resources that you can uh, tap into to experience great levels of authenticity. But I'm grateful for this podcast because this is a place where you can find it. And uh, there's so many other 
things. And my prayer is that uh, the Lord will lead us to places of authenticity um, that we may be. His word says he wants to uh, open the inward eye of our hearts that we may be enlightened and know the hope that he's called us Mm -hmm. to. And so, and that hope is just, it's the relationship with Jesus. And so, but with the absence of a, with the absence of authenticity, it's, it's not many places for, for Jesus to, to really speak in and through. So we have to, we have to uh, create more opportunities for that for him. Awesome. Well, Tori, you're going to come back on. How, how, how do we do? What do you think? <laughs> oh man, this is good stuff. I live for conversations like this. It's fantastic. Oh, me too. See, Wes, thank you so much for coming on here and sharing your heart and your passion. I think we both felt it. Uh, it's it's beautiful, really, truly. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah. It's been a huge blessing, and it's been so awesome meeting you, Tori. Yeah, it was and, great uh, meeting you. Hopefully, we can do it again yeah. someday. Until next yeah. time. Thank you for listening to the Finding Something Real podcast, friend. This season, we are inviting co-hosts to join me to share their personal stories and to ask their honest questions about the Christian faith. Each month, we hope to feature a different co-host and together invite guests on to share from their own faith journeys and experiences. Friend, the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ is still in the restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love business. I know not everyone has experienced that, but if you're curious at all about what's so great about Jesus, I hope you come back next week as we continue on a journey towards finding something real in relationship with Him. Until next time.